Welcome back to our fourth and final session. We started by talking about the four different seeds in Jesus' parable of the sower. Then we started talking about the distractions that can keep us from growth. Then we talked about the practical way to think about growth, the different ways that we can try to formulate ideas around how do we grow. And today, I just want to leave you with a few ideas about having some patience as we move forward. Because the truth is that the faith journey that all of us are on is really difficult. Like I said, we've all probably been one of those four seeds at different times in our lives, and it can be really tough to go through different seasons. Certain things work really well in different seasons of our lives, and they don't work so well in others. Uh, Certain plants thrive in certain climates, and they don't thrive in other climates, and they die out. The faith journey that we're on can be really isolating. It can be really difficult when we're trying to do it on our own strength. And right now, we're in a really weird time. Uh, We're all trying to find a new normal. Um, You know, it's, it's crazy to me to think about how different life is today and how grocery stores are like the place to be Uh, as opposed to what life was two weeks ago or a month ago or three months ago. But also, it does draw us into a situation where we can continue to seek out new ways to grow. Um, When we talk about growth, we, we sometimes limit our faith journey and the way that we grow to the things that we think sound good, right? Oh, we should read our Bible and we should pray more. And, and those are totally avenues of growth, but those are not the only ways. There are all kinds of ways. I'd say probably infinite ways that we can grow with God because God himself is infinite. God is not limited to what we do at church on Sunday or on Wednesday or whatever day you're there. He's not limited to the camps that we go to or to the places that we're with our youth groups or our families. God is with us wherever we are. And so when we think about growth, God is not limited to the things that we might think he is. God can be present in the art that we participate in. You can feel closer to God listening to music than you do maybe hearing a sermon. You could feel closer to God walking through nature and growing with him there than than maybe you do at youth group. You could feel closer with God when you are sitting in silence as opposed to being in a large rambunctious group of kids. I don't know. We're all different. And the beauty of the faith journey that we find ourselves on is that it looks a little different for all of us, but we also have this thing in common that unites us, and that is Jesus Christ. Now, the Apostle Paul, he writes in this letter to the church of Corinth, uh, he writes a letter that is explaining the faith, and he's talking about some very specific uh, things going on in that city for those people in that church. It's really important to remember, anytime you're reading Paul's letters in the New Testament, you're reading other people's mail, right? So we have to think about what is the context, what are the things going on that Paul is addressing to these specific people. Now, we're not going to dive really deep into that today, um, but I want to put that out as a disclaimer. I'm not saying it's not important, but I want to look at this one piece of imagery when Paul's talking about perseverance in our faith. This is in 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Um, And now when Paul's talking about this, he's, again, trying to use an analogy to help make sense of the reality that people are living in. And Paul says down in verse 24, he says, Don't you know that in every race all of the runners run, but only one gets the prize? So each of you run in such a way 
as if you're aiming for a prize. Everyone who competes in the race goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. So don't be a person that runs aimlessly. What Paul's saying is that our faith journeys are like a race. And although some of us, when we think of race, we think run as fast as possible, as long as possible. What I've learned the last few months when I was training for this half marathon that I'm no longer doing, so whatever, I've learned that it's really not about the speed, it's about the consistency. If you use all of your energy for this little spurt of time, you're going to run out before you're even at the halfway point. You have to pace yourself. And sometimes in our spiritual lives, we have these awesome bursts of energy, and these awesome mountaintop experiences, and then we wonder why the rest of our faith journeys don't look like that. And that's because that is not the norm. That's an exciting, spontaneous moment in a lifelong journey of some other moments that are not so exciting. But the journey goes through all of those things. And since the majority of our lives are not going to be those crazy moments at camp, because it's just not sustainable for you to jet ski every week of your life, probably, what does it look like to grow and to seek God out in those moments in between? When you're running the race, there's going to be the moment when you're starting to get a cramp, when you're really wishing you had some water, when you're wishing that you could just be done for a little bit. These are the things that growing and having patience over time as we train, as we pursue growth in our faith that, that add up, that give us stamina, that help us go further. And the truth of the matter is that all of us are in this journey in different places. We're at different legs of the race. And sometimes looking where other people are on the race can be really helpful, but it can also be really distracting. Sometimes you might judge yourself based on the success or the failure of another person, the way that they do things. And you think, I would never do it like that. Or you think, I'll never be able to be like that. But the truth is God is with you where you are. God created you uniquely as yourself. And he did not create the facades that we put on, the masks that we put on. God doesn't want you to pretend to be someone else because you think that's what you're supposed to do or look like to be valuable or to feel successful in your faith. That's not what success is. That's not what the journey is about. God wants you to be honest about where you are at in your own journey so that he can take you further than you could even imagine going. And so when we think about our own journeys and where we find ourselves, I have to go back to my buddy C.S. Lewis. I'm sorry. Only two quotes, though, so, you know, we're, we're in good shape. But Lewis is talking about how when we think about life with God, how we try to keep God at arm's distance because we really, like, we know some things need to change, but we're not really ready for everything changing. So we try to keep him a little bit out there. We let him in, and then we keep him out. And so he uses this imagery of a house. So he says to imagine yourself as a living house. He says, God comes in to rebuild that house. At first, you can understand what he's doing. He's getting the drains right. He's stopping all the leaks in the roof and so on and so forth. You knew that those jobs needed doing, and so you're not surprised. You're even thankful. But presently, he starts knocking the house, and it starts to hurt in a really abominable way. And it doesn't really seem to make any sense. What on earth is he up to? 
This is not what you signed on for. The explanation is that God's building a very different house than you probably thought of in your head. He's throwing up a new wing over here. He's putting on an extra floor there. He's running towers and he's got beautiful courtyards and gardens. You thought you were being made into a nice, humble little cottage, but God's building a palace because he intends to come and live in it. Our lives are summed up by our relationship with God, the way that we commune with him, the way that we seek him out, the way that we grow with him. Go back to trees and seeds. The seeds have been planted, and we find ourselves at different stages in the growth journey, at different times of the day, different days of the week, different weeks of the year. But what is common to all of us is that we are on that journey together. And the struggle is sometimes we think about our own growth as if it's isolated, but the Christian faith was never meant to be in isolation. Jesus had disciples, not just one. Jesus had this community. Jesus called us the church, the body made up of many members. And so I got to go back to trees. Um, There's this beautiful cluster of trees, these aspen trees out in Utah called Pando. Pando's this anomaly in science because there's like 47,000 different aspen trees and yet they all are one single living organism. They are actually one tree because all of them share the same root system. Um, This is immensely unique for trees. This is something that is unheard of in in regards to other trees. It's there's all kinds of studies done on Pando. It's it's really fascinating actually or maybe just to me because I like trees. Who knows? But the picture there is is a beautiful analogy for the church. Trees are shooting up everywhere. There are leaves and there's fruit and there's things coming out, but it all goes down to the same root system. And although we might see 47,000 different trees, we might see all the different Christians in our lives and the different people in our church and different churches in our community and in this country and in the world, but we're all connected by the same root system. And when one of us struggles, we're all struggling, even if we don't notice it. And when one of us is thriving, we are all supposed to celebrate that thriving. And that is what Christian community is about. When we grow, we grow together. And we have to prioritize that over all of the things that can separate us. Right now, we're living in this weird time where some of us, this virus thing may just be an inconvenience. You may be stuck at home with your family, your siblings, with people you don't really want to be around. It may be awesome. You may miss your family. You may wish you had this kind of time all the time. But for a lot of people, this is a really anxiety-provoking time. There are people passing away from this virus. There are people that are going into hospitals. There's a range of experiences going on right now. But how we choose to support one another in the midst of these kinds of times is where growth can really show in our lives. So when we think about the way that we grow, the way that we pursue growth, the way that we're looking along the light rather than looking at the light, like Lewis says, when we think about the different seeds in in the faith journey and the way that we may find ourselves in each of these places, maybe we're feeling like this is a dry season. Maybe we feel like it was dry, but there's new life coming up. Maybe we're thriving right now. But it's not just about us as individuals. We are all connected by the same root system. And so my final thoughts to leave you with, real quick, is one, be yourself. You are created uniquely in the image of God, and God has given you gifts and talents and passions. 
that He wants you to utilize for His glory. So don't spend all of your effort and all of your time trying to do your faith journey the same way everyone else is doing it. Number two, take stock of the distractions in your life. Remember, these are good things more often than not, but that can pull us away if we don't keep them in the right focus. Make sure that we are putting God first and learning how these different things can draw us closer to God as opposed to pushing us further from Him. Three, keep growing together, um, especially with people you disagree with. We have this really weird thing that we do, especially in the church, where if people disagree with us, we go, oh, definitely don't talk to that person. Oh, stay over there, weirdo. Uh, but the reality is that we better each other when we challenge one another and we grow together, when we encourage one another. And if we do disagree with one another, uh, Jesus actually, it's this common phrase you may have heard, but he said that we're supposed to love not only our neighbors, but our enemies. So the people that you might think are least like you, that are the biggest problems in your life, you're commanded to love them. So really, it's a lose-lose or a win-win situation. But growth is supposed to happen with all of us together. And four, continue seeking out new ways to grow. Uh, don't limit your experience of God to the few ways that you've already been doing it. Don't limit it to just being at church or at camp or at youth group. Explore new ways. Spend 20 minutes in silence at your house. Spend five minutes in silence. Spend two minutes in silence. Spend time doing breath prayer. Spend time journaling, which can be the most daunting thing ever. But if you set a timer for five minutes and say, where did I see God today? I'm sure you'll be able to come up with a short list. Do these practices that help draw you closer into your life with God so that you can abide in Jesus as opposed to keeping him afar. And hopefully uh, we'll be able to do this journey together. We're grateful for you guys checking in with us. We're doing spring session virtually. Um, we're not really sure how this will turn out, but tomorrow we're planning to do a live session. So we hope you'll tune in for that. We've got information in the description, so check that out and we hope to see you there.